This is CouncilCast, part of the Legal Talk Network, and I'm your host, Karen Conroy. When you face a complex case outside your expertise, you bring in a co-counsel for next-level results. When you want to engage, expand, and elevate your firm, you bring in a marketing co-counsel. In this podcast, I bring in marketing experts who each answer one big question to help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. Hey, y'all. I'm Tyler Pigott from Loan for Creative. It's an agency I started about eight years ago, helping people grow their brands and grow their companies and meet some of their marketing and, and sales objectives. And I'm pumped to be here today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here, Tyler. Let's just start by saying that we both have difficult to pronounce names and we're we're both working on it and yep. like that that is just an experience in life in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> so totally. thank you for being here with your difficult to pronounce name. Or it's not even difficult, it's just that people get it wrong. Like Yeah, Karen I mean is- I kinda I like to just wait to see what people come up with. Like yes. there's a lot of creativity and some people have a hard time sounding <laughs> out words and, and this one doesn't make sense either. So Well, so what nationality is your last name? Well, technically, like going way back, it's French and it was Peugeot. Okay. I don't know the whole story, but somehow, like, there is Peugeots that are on, like, on the East Coast. And then Piggott went to the West Coast and I'm on the West Coast. And somehow, someone decided they didn't want to be Piggott. Makes sense, I suppose. (laughs) But then it got changed to Piggott. So I, you know, I just was born with it and I just decided to go with it. I like Piggott. I think that's different and that makes sense. And I don't know, it's not that hard to me. I think it's easier than Piggott, but I could see the O getting mixed up. And and honestly, I don't think Karin is that hard, but it is so, such a challenge every day. Every day of my life, I get the issues. So anyway, we are not here to talk about names and pronunciation. (laughs) (laughs) We are here to talk about marketing. And we've got a great topic, so I don't want to waste time. So today we're going to talk real specifically about website stuff. So the topic and the question is, how can I uplevel my website? And we're going to dig right in because there are so many places that people are making mistakes. And I know that you probably get these calls and you're talking to kind of potential clients coming in. And the first thing I do is I pull up their site where they're at now, if they have a current website, obviously. Sure. And right away, my head starts like click, 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 click. Okay, problem, problem, problem. You got to do this. This is this is not working. And I can see it. So where where do you usually start? What's kind of the first thing that you, that you kind of look at and start and, and look for? Yeah, no, great question. All right, I'm going to try to keep this as condensed as possible. And then hopefully actionable people can run with it. Yep. But yeah, we could probably do like a whole like Netflix season on <laughs> websites and all that stuff. It would so not be this very well rated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially with you and I. Okay, so first thing I would say kind of looking at is really what is your what's the problem you're going to solve? Yeah, so just like jump into your customer shoes, your prospect shoes, who you're going to sell to. And I think we can all agree the only reason that people get out their credit card or buy something is because it solves a problem. Right. And so it could be a car, it could be something, a healthcare plan, it could be, I mean, literally anything, but it's solving some sort of problem. And so I would say that's the biggest thing to focus on, but also the thing that I would say we see that can be a disaster as well. Exactly. And I'm going to stop right here just to reinforce this because yeah. honestly, for a lot of law firms, this right here is a huge light bulb. And still to this day, even though we have been addressing websites in this way, in this first impression kind of message, 
I want to say for at least six or seven years. Don't you think? How long do you think yeah. it's it's been? There was a change when all of a yeah. sudden we started doing this. And when do you think that started? Maybe 2015? That's what I was going to say. 2014, yeah. 2015, 2016. That kind of period, it felt yeah. like people were like, hey, my digital storefront is now super crowded. Yes. And I need to figure out how to like kind of cut through all the noise. And paid ads were going nuts at that point. And so right. I think there's just so much noise that people had to go, Okay, how do I be more specific? Yeah. Yes. And before that, the majority of law firms were really, I will say way back in the beginning, when I was still doing like HTML sites and whatever, law firms were starting by, I had some that would literally mail me a brochure and say, can you make a website out of this? (laughs) Like just basically, they're they're picturing me just scanning it and then boop, there's a website with the same thing. But whether it was literal or kind of figurative, it was a brochure and it was basically yeah. like we're x law firm in y city and we do x kind of law or z kind of law mm-hmm. then there's this shift and this shift that we've been talking about and talking about and talking about is what you were describing where what is the problem that you solve not just like mm-hmm. throw out a brochure and this is us and this is what we do but what mm-hmm. are people coming to your website for so that is your first impression that is the first thing on the homepage header top of the website that you should be talking about not where you're located not what kind of law you do unless you know you can work that into that message but it's not about you and it's definitely not about where you went to law school Oh my gosh. Or how long you've been practicing law. No. Or, you know, exactly like we could keep going on. But like, just again, it's try to see it through your customer's eyes and people only buy things for problems that they fix. So the fact that you've been in business for 49 years is super cool, but that doesn't solve any problems for me if I'm looking for you as a customer. (laughs) So I know we're kind of laughing and poking fun, but but it is a real scenario and it's so hard because oftentimes as the seller or the business owner or the lawyer or the whoever, that's like a cool thing. Like, oh my right. word, are you kidding me? You've been practicing yeah. law for that long or you have all of these certifications or, or, or. But rest assured, there is a place for those things. Right. It's just not what we call in website world above the fold. Yes. So it'd be like, you know, that goes to a terminology on like newspapers and stuff. But above the fold meaning it shows up on the screen right when someone looks at it. Right. And you've got less than five seconds to get somebody's attention that they're in the right place. So that obviously right. means your website needs to load fast and all those things. And that's a whole nother conversation. But just centering it on a clear, concise message Keep, I said concise strategically. Yeah. It does need to be really short so that people can run with it really quickly. And reality is, is what you're trying to do with most things. And I think specifically in kind of the legal profession is that you really don't, I don't always need a lawyer. Like I don't always need one sitting there down the street. I don't need one sitting in my living room. Oh gosh. But no. when I need one, I need one, you know? <laughs> yes, and yes. so a lot of it, what you're trying to do is just make an impression like, okay, yeah. I was just in a car accident or my friend was or my family member was and I need to recall a, okay, this is the person I'm going to call because I saw their message somewhere and that's hard because oftentimes people just go, oh, they're at the cash register, they're ready to buy. That's almost, I mean, it's a rarity when that's the case if you're going to convert business that fast. 
especially yeah. in this profession. Exactly. But that's just that concept of trying to get in people's shoes. So, And let's just talk for a minute about where that need for talking about the 49 years of business comes from. Because at the end of the day, this is your ego, right? Yeah. And like you said, we're not going to take it away. I know that may feel like a little security blanket. We're not going to just, you know, throw that thing away. It will appear on the site in other places, but where it's appropriate. And it's like yeah. building this relationship where the first impression, you don't want to lead with, hey, let's get married. That's weird. And so you don't want to lead with, hey, let me tell you all about myself and where I went to school and how many years I've been in business. Yeah. The first thing, if you really are trying to make that impression when you're building a relationship is, tell me what you need. Like, tell me why you're here. Tell me about you. And so yeah. you're trying to convey that kind of a interaction. Yeah. When you don't actually have an interaction, you're, you know, yeah. just kind of putting up a message. So, yeah. you know, try to recognize that some of those needs and those things that you're pushing for that we're talking about, they're coming from your ego and you have to take your ego out of it in, in order for this to work. So, yeah. all right. So the next question I have, because this kind of leads right into there, like where things are working and not working. We get this a lot. I'm sure you do too, where people come in and they're like, the website is pointless. It doesn't work. It doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of these mistakes that people are making where let, let's just kind of, I guess maybe I was going to say focus on the homepage, but it doesn't have to be, but where that leads to the website not working, obviously the message, if your message is not resonating, but there's so many other places where it leads to you believing that the website is pointless. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Two things. So first one, first one is too many options. Yes. And so if you go to somebody's website and like if I do, if I'm like searching things and I go to that top navigation and there's five options to choose from, hey, way to go. But then I hover over one of them or I click it and it's a drop down and there's 22 things, yes. 22 times five, you know, yeah. all yeah. of a sudden you're saying, hey, make a decision where you want to go where one size fits all. Da, da, da. No, no, uh -uh. Yeah. like yeah. no way. Right. There's actually science out at this point that says if you show more than three options, I, it's either three or four options. I can't remember when it totally drops off, but after three options, it drops by about 25% chance that someone is going to actually take an action because yep. they're just overwhelmed. They're not sure what to choose. Yeah. And so I love the te testing this because I love looking at like, I don't know if you've been to like an In-N-Out, which is a fast food burger joint. Oh yeah. Well, one of the reasons they're crazy, they're crazy successful. If you've been to their menu, men you're into their restaurants, their menu is like five things maybe. Yep. Yeah. And, so, but there's always a line out the door. Well, right. Because it's so easy versus if I go to whatever XYZ, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus from a Cheesecake fast food factory. chain. Yeah, sure. Oh, my gosh. And there's like 30 pages and they're yes. all animated. And, and I almost sit down and I go, just pick oh something gosh, for me. A, and here's exactly. the menu back. Like, I exactly. Don't, yeah. It's a project. I don't need another project oh today. I'm here just to eat. Totally. Yes. Did you? I'm going to go way deep into the history of Seth Godin. Did you ever see the book, The Purple... Purple Fez, I think it's called. He, this was way back. This was back, like 20 plus years ago, maybe. It is. Like, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, this idea, I want to say this goes back into the HTML website page idea as well. But the basic idea is imagine. Oh, the purple cow. The purple cow. Is it? Okay. Or so, isn't it? There's something, there's something about a fez. Maybe I'm mix, I think I'm mixing two books up, but the idea is that you want to imagine your website visitors as a monkey and not in a derogatory way, sure. <laughs> but just that they are a monkey. They've yeah. got this really kind of ADHD rapid brain and you want to give them one 
banana on every single page. That's it. Because if they have a pile of bananas, they're going to start throwing the bananas against the wall. They're going to do all kinds of things with the bananas that you're not wanting them to do. You want them to do one thing. And this is sometimes tricky, especially when we are working with like bigger firms because they're like, we have 17 practice areas and we have all these different people with different interests that want all this traffic. So you have to be strategic about it, but you want to pick one banana on each page for your monkeys (laughs) to pay attention to. And beyond that, you're risking decision fatigue, you're risking overwhelm, and you're basically risking them just going to a more simplified, better done website. So highly recommend the Seth Godin book, (laughs) whatever it may be called. (laughs) Yeah, highly recommend that book. I would also say the other kind of concept to that is, is again, putting yourself into your customer's shoes. Yeah. Because I would argue, like we worked with several law firms at this point, some big, some small. And I would argue like, well, oftentimes the larger firms that do have those 17 areas of practice and 300 lawyers and whatnot, that most people talking, like reaching out, don't know where they need to go. Like they yes. don't quite know which area of practice. Oh, I'm, is this family? Is this estate? Is this, I mean, there's so many different options usually. Right. And by giving me all those options, you're just going, oh, this person's smart enough. They know. Right. Well, I, I'm not saying people are dumb. I'm just saying most of the time, again, back to the, do you need a lawyer every day? No, you need one when you need one. And I don't know a hundred percent which person I should talk to or area of focus I should talk to. Exactly. And so that becomes like, help me choose and control what we call the customer journey yes. and the buyer journey. So you need to think through what that looks like and your website's a huge piece of it. Yeah. But going back to just like simplicity, what you want me to do, control what you want me to do. If you think about, everyone's probably been to like, like an Ikea. So if you Ikea, it's a furniture, huge store, huge factory, huge store. They make their own furniture. But when you walk into one, and meatballs, yeah, and (laughs) squeeze meatballs, yeah, exactly. But if you walk into one, they control your entire experience. Yeah. You don't get to walk in in and go, oh yeah, you don't get to walk in and go, I'm walking straight to couches. That's very rare. Yeah. You're literally walking through set up rooms, like desks and kitchens, and you're moving and they're controlling your journey for a specific reason. Exactly. And usually it's because if you go in there first, it's because everything you're seeing in the first part is bedrooms. Because most people go to their store to buy mattresses, nightstands, art, things that are going in the bedroom. And sometimes that changes based on, you know, maybe their their theory of their research. But think about that same thing for your website. What is it that people are coming to your website for? And then control that journey. And it's okay that you have 17 areas of focus or focus in your in your law practice. But I don't need to know what all of those are, like right from the gate. Because again, you're trying to give me my bite size, like get me to scroll to go, okay, this is the problem you solved for me. Okay, I'm interested. I have that problem. Now get me to scroll to the next section and the next section. And just kind of looking at it that way often helps. And I am talking about a lot of work. Like this is a lot of work to figure this out. But in this day and age, I mean, everyone's looking at your website first. There's not, there's a, it's such a rarity across any like economic spectrum that people aren't looking at your digital properties, if you will, before they're making a buying decision. Right. So you do want to spend a fair amount of time on that. So that's the first one, complexity. Right. And reducing that one. I have one more after that. Just be, I'm just saying it out loud so that I'll remember. Okay. Well, and I wanted to add that you, to, just to kind of reiterate and also add to this idea that you don't 
necessarily know as a visitor or a potential client what you need. So this idea yeah. that you're coming in, you don't know if it fits under family law, you don't know if it's estate planning. So predict that. And that's what Ikea is doing. And Apple does this yeah. really well. Even yeah. Steve Jobs talked about my customer or I guess they're called customers, not clients. They don't even realize what they want. And this is what happens all the time at these Apple events. Like they release a thing and it's like, okay, so what's on the new phone? It's like, do I need that? What is that even? And then all of a sudden you're like, I cannot live without that whatever thing that I didn't even know about yesterday. So yeah. this is what you need to sit down and predict for your clients. And this is that user customer journey that you're talking about, where you predict what it is that you know that they need that they don't even realize that they need. So you have worked through these kinds of family law cases before. You have mm -hmm. known that they come in and they're not quite sure where to go. So say, instead of saying family law, you say, are you facing a divorce? Are you looking for a will or trust? You know, or even put it in, in, in the phrase and the language of that potential client. I am facing a divorce. And then it, you click there and instantly it feels right and, and they feel understood. Yeah. So I think the one of the things to like reiterate on that is, is again, putting yourself into like reality of your size of business. Yes. Cause sometimes it's like, I love using the Apple examples, Nike, Ikea, all these, but like thinking about Nike and going, Oh, I went to their website and they've so what thousands and thousands of SKUs. But they didn't start there, and right. they really only started with their. If they, if you would have had a website back in the what sixties, seventies, kind of eighties, as they were growing their brand, they would have started with a running shoe, and yeah. then maybe added a few versions of that. You know, that's like that's yeah. like a natural trajectory. And so, just think about like the simplicity of where you should be today versus, you know, Apple's a great example. But what did they do? Like. $400 billion last year or something like that. Yeah, you know, like, exactly. yeah. So they can have a little Apple. bit of a messier website <laughs> right. because they have so many products now. But again, right. back to the day they had like one computer they sold. Yeah. It was super simple, you know? And so just thinking about that, putting into context and reality to where you are as a business. Um, yeah, that's really super. Too. I know you had one other point you wanted to, to talk about, but I, I feel like that's a really interesting point that, listen, you're not building a website today for 10 years from now. Like, let's yeah. just be honest. Where you're going to be 10 years from now is entirely different, and you're going to have a revision maybe a few times over between now and then. So build it for today and yeah. recognize that you need to build it for growth and all of that other stuff, but it's not going to be the same. And that's yeah. okay, and that's what it should be. Yeah. And okay. I think like the men like the mentality of what used to be of like, oh, I redesign my website every three to four years and that's it. That's gone. Sorry, yeah. everyone. Like you're <laughs> actively working on your website every month or you're losing to your competitor. Exactly. You know? And and that's okay. People can have different mindsets and such, but that point to your point, like you're constantly evolving for well, what's today, maybe what's next month, but just yeah. Launch a product in a year, that's totally great. Add it right. to your website, you know, redo the customer journey, that's totally fine. Right. Um, but if you're leaving it go stale, that's basically a magnifying glass on everything else that's happening in your business as well. Yeah. So you let that go stale and then don't come to me with questions about why is my phone not ringing? You know, like it's all oh. symptomatic. Yeah. Okay. So you said that there was another element that you wanted to talk about too. Oh, yeah. Okay. So first one, clarity, like in your menus, too many options to choose from. And in a lot of ways, too many jumping off points, decision yeah. fatigue, all that stuff. 
second one is clear calls to action. Oh, gosh. And so I oftentimes refer to this as a cash register. So I kind of cut my teeth in the grocery business, selling into grocery stores, selling into big box stores, consumer products. And so I'd studied a ton around grocery stores, placement of products, all those things. And one thing that was fascinating to me is, is there's likely not very many grocery stores y'all have been in where you don't wash, walk past the cash registers to go to the store. And the reason why is because they want you to know where to buy the stuff. Oh, I love right? that. Right? And so, yes. and that's where every good business is like that. If you're going to Home Depot, like I'm trying to throw out big national brands, but like you walk past the cash registers to get in there. Some of them you can't even get in the exit door to go past them, but they still push you past it. They want you to know where you're supposed to buy stuff so it's super clear. Just so imagine a world I'm, like without those. Sorry to jump in, but I'm picturing yeah. like a gap store where it's way in the back. What yeah. is that? What's happening there? Because sometimes I am picturing myself walking around different ones trying to find that cash register. Are they just making a giant mistake? Like that seems so obvious. The, what, this happened a couple of years ago, I guess more than a couple of years ago, but when Nordstrom's and Nordstrom's rack, so they're kind of like, I don't know, their next version of their store, they started removing cash registers and doing those like mobile payment things. Yes. And they started to have people, I mean, and I myself included, would shop there sometimes. And it was like, I have, I have all these, I'd like to buy these to some, like, you know, like, and I'm standing here, if you listen to audio waving, like going, where on earth do am I supposed to pay? I want these five things and I want to give you my money for them. And I don't know where to give you my money. I'm and also so, picturing myself. I, I'm, I'm seeing that same scene and I'm looking around. I'm like, do they work here? <laughs> Is that an employee? Like, totally. Can I give you my money or are you just like a, some, some random? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so, so true. I don't know if they're like, you know, like looking at your example, like Gap or there's tons of other stores. I don't know yeah. if they're losing something, right. but I would say they are losing clarity. So they're yes. cause, So when I walk into the store, I'm still going to buy something or find something or whatever, but they are requiring me as the customer to just burn more calories to figure right. out what am I supposed to do with this? Oh, there's yeah. the line or... I'm going over there or whatever. It's confusing. Yes. And so thinking through your website, just go, hey, where's my cash register button? Yes. So you always want to be super clear to what's the point? Like, what is what is the thing you want me to do on the website? Is it book right. a call? Is it add to cart? Is it, you know, tons of different options? Right. And um, it may not be like a lot of firms that we've worked with. They are very kind of anxious and they pull back from the idea of sales and all of that stuff. And they they may have been around for 49 years like the firm we were talking about before. Yeah. And so they're really trying to build kind of a reputational based site. So for those firms, they really don't want it to come across as like add to cart kind of a button mm -hmm. where in, in the legal world, it's usually, you know, book a call, contact us now, pick up the phone. So for those firms, you still have a call to action. There's still a point of the site. And typically it's read more about our, our attorneys. So like click yeah. over to the attorney bios and you're basically kind of building that reputation building and validation and all of that or read more about the stuff that we're writing about. So like, yeah. you know, so it's a softer sell, but there's still a point. Like you still yeah. need to have goals and points to your website and you need to figure out where you're pointing people because otherwise they land on your site and it's, you don't want them to have a bad experience. Like that's, right. that's not good, obviously, yeah. <laughs> like to be <Yeah>. obvious. <laughs> so we call them two different things. One is a call to action. Every website should have it. Whether you like sales or not, tell me how to jump to the end of the line and spend money. Because yes. if I show up at your website and you don't have that and that's what I want to do, I'm going somewhere else. 
The second piece would be transitional calls to action, and that's totally yes. fine. It yep. just means I'm not quite ready to spend money yet or contact or talk to a salesperson or talk to a lawyer, but yep. I still want to know him for more information. And yep. so that's where it's going to be learn more about the lawyers or read more about this thing or you know, our blog or content we're creating or videos or whatever. There's tons of different variations for secondary calls to action or transitional calls. Yeah. But to the people that don't want to feel like there's too salesy, you're not too salesy by telling me what you want me to do. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of products on Amazon. Every single one of them has a buy now button. It doesn't mean I bought all of them. It just means that I know exactly what to do when I'm ready to buy one of them. Yeah. So it's like, that's super important to just go, what's your cash register? Meaning right. what's the, ultimately what's the thing you want me to do? And yes. that's probably contact us in a law firm sense or, exactly. or, or with big firms. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I love this idea of the cash register. The version for Seth Godin would be the banana. So whatever works yep. for it, sure. you know, your memory yeah, yeah. device, you go with that. So yep. let's talk about the benefits. Last topic I want to talk about before the book review. Let's talk about the yeah. benefits of a redesign. So this is a question I get a lot too. Like we have a website. It's there. It's functioning. Why? Why? What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, it's really funny because one of the things, so we did this, we in, in instigated or instituted this a while ago, and then we call it a website strategy or website blueprint. Yeah. And we do that before every project. And one of the things that we're doing is we're going in and looking at analytics, points of entry, keywords, you doing heat mapping, user recordings, all sorts of things to figure out, is there opportunities? Because yes. sometimes, like that's the worst thing is if you did a redesign and it's like, hey, we get 10 clicks a month or 10 calls a month or a week you know, with our old site and then you redesign it fast forward six months, we're still getting six calls a week or 10 calls a week or like, or that less. sucks. Yeah. Like, there, yeah. Right. There's no, there's no point. Yeah. And so sometimes like there isn't a reason to do, to do a re redesign. Oftentimes marketing agencies want you to do a redesign because, Hey, I did your website two years ago. I want you to, could you, could you redo that so that I could get paid again? Like right. I totally get that because I'm I want to go on, on vacation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But I would say like a redesign, there's always, it's like, it's again, back to like, it's your storefront. It's the yeah. reason why you have a website. It's the, if you think about every time I go past the storefront, if you're like, Hey, I'm walking down the street and I walk the same route every day. Everybody notices when the store changed their design or changed their mannequins or their clothing or their thing that it was out front or they painted their windows different or changed a sign or put one of those crazy flapping clown things, you know, <laughs> deals out front, right? Everybody yeah. notices that. Yeah. And so there is a variation to where on the digital space, if you redesign things, it can be, it's almost like you can, like it's a facelift or it's a refresh, yeah. right? Yes. And there is a point to that because it's another reason that you get people to pay attention to you. Yeah. There's also other reasons too. Hey, maybe you launched a product, you did a, a brand redesign, maybe you, you know, partnered or merged or anything like that. There's lots of reasons for those types of things. Yeah. But I would, I think a lot of it's to think through your website differently sometimes. Like yeah. all the things we've been talking about, if you're like, man, I, I can't even put a check mark next to any of those. Well, then it probably is time for you to redesign, rethink through how your web page works and functions and options and jumping off points. And so sometimes that's just, you know, part of running a business as you get better at it and wrestle with the complexity of what you sell and make it simpler and simpler and simpler. Yes. Sometimes that's, you need to do that with your messaging or your website or your digital properties or marketing kind of assets. Well, um, and as you work with time. clients, you should be learning new things about what they yeah. need 
understanding it, you know, from one level to the next, you know, when you first started your firm or even a few years ago, maybe you were kind of addressing things in a different way. But the other thing I wanted to kind of point out and reiterate that you mentioned at the beginning of this topic is that you start with all of these audits. You start with, you know, taking all these baseline measurements so that you can, first of all, evaluate whether it's necessary. So sometimes it may not be necessary. Very rarely do I find that, I'm sure for you too. Like it's, Mm. if it's been less than a year, those are the times when I'm like, "Mm, you know, if it was, if it was done okay, maybe we can just do some cosmetic things, make a few changes sure. here. But if it's been more than a couple of years, there's probably a lot of things that we could look at that you're doing differently and we can implement those and, and whatever the case might be. But also there's probably some performance issues. There could be some security issues. There could be who knows what. So we need to do all those audits, dig in, see what's happening on the site so that we can measure what those changes are. So if you're thinking about that, I really reinforce that that point a lot is make sure you you know where you're starting so that you can know whether it was worth it in the end and yeah. that, you know you got your money's worth. Yeah. Um, okay, one more, I'll add one more yes. thing too. Yes. So if, if people are listening and saying, oh, I probably should think about doing that. I want to hire someone. Make sure they are doing some variation of an audit for the yes. specific purposes of you don't want to ever lose anything. Right. So if you redesign a website and all of a sudden your traffic tanks, probably whoever redesigned it didn't take into account that you actually ranked for a bunch of search engine terms or yeah. links were, you know, like you're, they're not redoing links based on, you know, forwarding or whatnot. Like, right. Just make sure that they're paying attention to the asset you've already built because you have built something that has value. It might be little value, it might be a lot, somewhere in between. Right. But that's something to like look through to make sure people are capturing that too and being able to in- integrate that as they're building the new property. Well, and you know, at the end of the day, their websites are really complicated and not everybody knows how to do every part of it. And depending on how it was originally built, the the short version of what I'm saying is there's a lot of places where things can break. And yeah. so they either they either aren't aware of how it was set up, they break it, or you know, things just happen. And so it kind of, you know, make sure you have those backups, make sure you've kind of know where you're starting so that, yeah. you know, whatever. If For if sure. things happen, which they yep. often do. <laughs> Yep, totally. All right, it is time for the book review. So if you're looking for some inspiration for your reading list, we've got a whole library on the website of all the books that all of our guests have recommended. We've got some really good ones, a few weird ones, and, <laughs> and like, you know, whatever. But, you know, it, we've got something for everyone, that's for sure. Yeah. So Tyler, what's the book that you're going to recommend for our I, library today? I love it because I didn't know that. I didn't know that resource. I'm totally going to check out the web. I'm going <laughs> to look at the website afterwards yeah, and get some reading I can't wait for you to look for the weird yeah. ones too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So book I'd recommend is called Who, Not How by Dan Sullivan. Nice. And the title probably gives a lot of it away. So you're talking about your who, not your how. So the concept being as you're growing a team or you're hiring people or partnering with people or bringing others into your organization, you're really thinking about the who of that person, not necessarily the how. And most founders or people starting things do want they everyone. I mean, myself included. Car and your brother same are a little bit of control freaks, and you yes. want yeah. like you want it done a certain way, and yada yeah. yada. Yeah. But when you bring in the right people, so the who, when you bring in the right people, the how doesn't matter as much because there's probably actually like 300 ways to accomplish a task or a project. Yes. Yep. And letting the person you're bringing in be more of a kind of a, a strategist, masterful, be able to get that project done versus yes. you trying to micromanage or control that. So the whole book's about that. 
Dan Sullivan talks a lot about like the the ten x mentality versus the two x, and so What's that? pretty much all, pretty much all of us can imagine. Well, what if I did twice the amount of effort or the energy, or you know, maybe made twice the amount of money or whatever it is? Most of us can imagine what life looks like, what I would need to do that, people I need to hire, tools, systems, whatever. But if you think about ten x, that's a whole different mentality or mindset yes. shift that you have to think through. And so he challenges you a lot with some different examples and frameworks he has for that. So those are that's the book I recommend. Hi, I mean, it's a great read, especially if you're growing a team or a manager of any sort. I am such a fan of this idea, and I've learned so many in so many just life places in general, aside from work and business, about getting the right people in place that are way better than I am. Mm. So I want to just sh share one example. I use ClickUp for our project management. And yeah. I knew I'm in all these different groups and I've heard about all these different things that people are using ClickUp for. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I do have time to save that time and to set up these great ways, but I don't have time to figure this out. And so I found this amazing woman who has a whole team and she went through our entire business from mm calls to sales to client care and our ticketing system for our maintenance plan, not to mention obviously our project management, all of that stuff. And we spent six months on it and it is unbelievably cool. Like the things that she set up and initially I was, you know, she kind of walked through everything that I needed and she's like, well, how do you do X, Y, Z? Well, I do this, you know, well, have you ever thought about this? No, <laughs> I've never thought about that. That is such a cool idea. So like being open to this idea that there's st so many things out there that you're not even aware of in all of these different kind of subsections of your business that you can find the right people, plop them in, and they're going to take things to a next level that yeah. I for sure never would have done on my own. I could not have got the things in place that she did on my own. So a huge fan of this idea of getting the right person and recognizing and giving them kind of that that freedom to to do the right things and take it to the next level. That sounds great. Totally. Who's Dan it. Sullivan? Is he the one of the guys from Freakonomics or am I mixing that up? Has he written other stuff? He has written other stuff. He's he started a coaching program. I think it's called okay. Strategic Coach. I think okay. There, okay. Um, I think there was somebody else that re recommended one of his other books. That's what I am mixing okay. him up with somebody That's, else. I know he's written some other stuff. So I don't, I don't remember. That's the only. Sorry one for I've the quiz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> whatever. Um, but no, uh, like I know he's starting a coaching program. A lot of it is based on the frameworks and stuff in the book. But he might oh. have another book too. All right. So Tyler, what's one big takeaway that you'd like people to get from this overall episode? Oh, man, I would say figuring out, I mean, pretty much everything we talked about was putting yourself in your customer's shoes. Yes. And that's so hard to do sometimes because you've, you know, you're so far in it. Like you've been drinking your own Kool-Aid for so long yeah. that you're just like in that routine or in that and you're so far on the other side. But figuring out a way to come back and actually listen to like your customer, understand what's what they're going through. That's going to help you really craft everything we talked about from message to complexity to the cash register buttons and to this individual, you know, like take one banana on each page. Like it's going to help you figure out what each of those should be if yeah. you can put yourself in your customer's shoes. So I'd say that's like the biggest thing is figuring out how you do that. Sometimes it's, you know, surveys and NPS scores and feedback and all sorts of things. Other times it's just how do you like pull yourself out of your regular routine and put yourself into a shopping experience, if you will, for your well, brand. 
And other times it's just hiring the right person to get that message done for you. Maybe yeah, a lot of times true. this is this is not legal language. This is not language that you're going to write in a legal brief. This is strategic yeah. marketing language that you've got to do right and recognize that a lot of people this isn't something that you're trained for. And that's fine. Just find the right person for that. And honestly, yeah. this is where we regularly see websites where we look at their traffic and it's just like click click clicking along, you know, 10, 20 hits a week or you know something really kind of sad and pathetic and you see that hockey stick spike yeah. where all yeah. of a sudden people are paying attention and they just have a different feel about you and your firm when they land on it and it just is a game changer so if mm -hmm. that's it's no question that 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 will change things if yeah. if you do it right <laughs> totally 100 percent. awesome tyler pigott I got the, yeah, <laughs> the pronunciation, yeah. nailed it, <laughs> is the founder of Loan for Creative and such a great conversation. I feel like that was yeah. super valuable. Thank you so cool. much for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's fun to be here, Karin. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.